If you're looking for ways to prioritize your health and fitness, run more efficiently, understand food, and somehow fit it all into a fun and family-centered life, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 38 of the Real Life Runners podcast. We are Kevin and Angie Brown, and we are here to help you with your running, your health, and everything in between. So today we are going to be talking about running as a journey, and Kevin pinned the phrase, playing the long game here. Well, I mean, the, the idea is in in almost everything in life, everyone's looking for a quick fix. You know, you look at, at any late night infomercial and it's like, how do you make a million dollars next week? How do you get in shape in three minutes a day? Like, right. The 21 that. day fix was like a super popular program. It, because everybody wanted it in 21 days. Yes, because you knew that it was a very short time frame that you were going to get maximum results. And it's the success for all sorts of different things out there. You know, if you want to get faster, try sprinting more. Do you want to lose weight? Try one of these extreme restrictive diets. And there, there is, in fact, some, some results that come out of it, but it doesn't work in the long run. It's not going to work as a long-term plan. Right. Most of the time, those quick fix solutions do work, like you said, but they aren't always sustainable for the long run. Right. So lately I've been feeling a lot of, of motivation try and, and get in shape quickly to, to show myself how much shape I'm in. And I Why? mean, well, it, it's, it's a little on the personal side, you know, for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that I've, I've experienced a few seizures over the last year plus and uh they tend to at least the three that i've had have shown up every roughly four and a half months right which since i had one on december 31st it puts me at four and a half months about two weeks ago right so during that week i was i I was essentially pushing extra hard through workouts why would you choose that week to push extra hard wouldn't you think that you should pull back more on that week nope nope i was showing that that i was not going to be held back i was not going to be limited by anything like i was going to to go through this week and be strong i know that's why that's why you went super hard that week yeah it was not my smartest move (laughs) i was i had this mental thing i'm like no I am not holding back. Like I, the the phrase that hits my head is is running with seizures as a play on like running with scissors uh-huh. and the danger of that. You know, right, right. of like no, I I can do this. And I you know, and I went. I had like three hard workouts over the course of the week. I I didn't have an off day in the middle. That just my schedule has been giving me an off day in the middle of most weeks. Well, but in your running has been not super duper consistent lately either. Right. So it coincided with roughly the end of the track season. So I had afternoons. Um, it, it, it just, it, the timing worked out so that I could, I had the time to ramp up and I had this sort of mental focus that I wanted to push through at that point. Right. And I know, I did notice that you started being a lot more consistent in your running when May started, which was 
great. Right. The consistency is good. Right. It's, but I didn't realize that you were also amping up your speed workouts. Yeah. And... I probably should not have simultaneously amped up mileage and intensity. Mm. So you were doing, much. you were doing what we tell everybody not to do. Uh, yeah. Do as I say, not as I do <laughs> kind of thing. All right. So how'd that work out? So I was good for a week and then I promptly got sick. Um, which is exactly the whole idea of trying to, to go the quick route and, and see how good a shape I can be in as fast as I possibly can. And long run, I got sick and I haven't run for a week now. Right. So, oops, is oops. essentially what I got out of that right. one. Well, I mean, you know, it's good that you're admitting that too. I mean, even the best coaches know what they should be doing, but don't always do it. Like this whole running and health thing is not easy. We know what we should do. And I'm sure you know what you should be doing. It doesn't make it easy to do it. No, I mean, third workout of the week, I'm, I'm partway through it. I'm like, I should really not be doing this. This should be like an easy run. And I'm like, nah, I've got it. I can push through. No, no, I couldn't. Yeah. And I feel like I've kind of been in the opposite realm of that. I have been pulling back more on my running and I'm questioning whether or not I should be pulling back so much because I just felt like I've been very tired lately with the with the end of school and you being sick that puts you know more on me and I just feel like I have all of these commitments and the girls ending the year with school and the shows and all these things that are coming up now I've been pulling back more from my runs and not pushing myself and I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum questioning whether or not I'm even doing enough. Right. So there's, there's all sorts of, you know, is it too much? Is it too little? What is the best plan? And that's why I think, you know, that's why I, I thought the, a good idea for this show was don't worry about what you're doing today and tomorrow. Let's look at the big picture. You know, you have to be a little bit specific on, on what's happening now, but where is that ultimately aiming for? Right. And I think that's part of why I'm kind of floundering is I don't really have a goal set right now. Right. I kind of have a somewhat goal of the the race in July, possibly that I haven't committed to yet. <laughs> and then there's the long-term, you know, January, the half marathon in Key West in January. But that's so far off that I don't really have the motivation to bring the focus just for that. So I'm kind of in this middle ground of like, what should I be doing right now? I still want to stay in good shape. I don't want to lose any of my fitness, but at the same time, I don't need to be doing some hardcore speed training right now at this point either. Well, I mean, that's, that's where so many people around us, like locally around us are stuck is all the, like the big racing season, especially longer races, marathon, half marathon just came to an end. Cause it's, it's now thunderstorming constantly. Yep. It's a million degrees and, and like 90% humidity every Every day. Right. So racing season has really calmed down. And here in Florida, but it, in other areas of the country. It's almost ramped up. Yeah. But around here, it's a it's a lull time. It's this real dead period where people are like, well, I, I don't want to get out of shape, but I don't have a race in like three weeks. So what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You know, then we had our, our team meeting with the cross country team. They need to peak in like late October. Right. One of the kids came to me and they're like, should we be doing speed work right now? And I'm like, well, no, I mean, it's, it's months and months from now we need to start racing. So if you're going to do speed, let's, let's make sure we do it in an intelligent way. And that's, we're getting there in this, uh, in this episode of speed's not the worst thing, but just make sure you're doing it intelligently. Right. 
it's not the focus right now. It, that's the key is right. it's not the focus. The and this is what you and I were kind of talking about last night when we were discussing just training in general, how our training is going through a cycle. And I was actually talking to my running buddy about this yesterday out on our run. She was talking about how she's pulled back a lot from running and is only running like two days a week now where she was running like four or five but now she's focusing more on strength training. She's doing her strength training like four times a week versus the running because it's hot outside and she wants to be indoors doing the strength work. But I mean, at the end of the day, she's still exercising exactly. most days out of the week. Right. So from a from a health picture, she's doing great. Right. And like you and I were saying, it's not about ignoring anything and, and this these macro cycles and micro cycles of training that we've talked about before you can't really ignore anything at any point in time. Some people argue with that. Some people think at this point you should just be doing long, slow distance runs and no speed work and nothing like that. But there's a lot, a new camp of people that are saying you should really be integrating this all throughout the year, but it just depends on at what point in your season you are and what point in your training cycle that should determine what you put your focus on. Do you put your focus more on the longer, slower stuff? Do you put your focus more on the speed work, on the strength training? Like what are your ratios throughout the week? Right. And then you get a whole other group of runners and fitness people out there that, that running is simply uh, one of the things they do for health. Like they don't have even in the winter or several months out, they don't have a race somewhere on the schedule because they're not a racing kind of person. It's just a health. Right. Like running for them really is. I mean, they've epitomized running as a journey. Yeah. It's it's not a destination. It's just a long-term journey. Right. And if that's you, then fantastic. If you like to go out and run the same mileage in the same loop every single day, and that is what brings you joy and what keeps you sane, then that's fantastic. What we're talking a little bit more about are people that try to cycle their training in order to get faster or shoot towards certain goal races and achieve certain goals with the running. Yeah, perfect. I mean, a while ago we had an episode on periodization and there is, there's a classic periodization that spends a long time building this huge aerobic base. And basically all of your runs are devoted to slow, aerobic, nice, easy, relaxed runs and it just th builds this huge base. And then as you get into the season, you start adding speed. I always like to think of it sort of like a sculptor. You essentially want to mound up this giant pile of clay. And once you form this huge pile of clay, then shape it and refine it. I like that. Thank that's, you. That's a good analogy. Yeah, metaphors. Um, analogy or metaphor? I don't no idea. I'm a physics teacher. I think it might actually be both. Yeah, I think it is, right? Isn't an analogy and a metaphor are very similar things? I don't know. My, my good friend, the English teacher, is heading off to North Carolina. Maybe I'll, I'll ask him. Yeah. <laughs> if, or if you're an English teacher, you can write to us and let us know. Perfect. So the classic periodization works. It just very often doesn't deliver this quick feedback because you're spending your time building this huge aerobic base that you can't necessarily see the quick immediately results from. So when you say quick feedback, you mean you don't immediately see the results of your running? Yeah, within like a week to 10 days, you're not like, wow, look at these giant steps I've made. I'm in such better shape. Right. Right. <laughs> well, that's like the classic math training that a lot of people are doing now. Yes. There's this way of training called the Maffetone method. And basically that method builds a lot of aerobic base. And so the whole concept behind it is you need to keep your heart rate under a certain 
number and do all of your training under that number. So it's all just long, slow, aerobic building. And the minimum period of time that you need to do that is eight weeks. Right. In order to see any sort of results on a pure anaerobic or aerobic level, it's going to take a long time. Or if you take somebody who's been training with like a lot of sprints and high intensity stuff and you flip them over, that just change in training is suddenly going to, they're going to start seeing results quicker. Yeah. But new runners, it's going to take a while. Right. And so sometimes when new runners and old runners come off a break, they want to jump right into the speed training because that's going to show them yes, their they, results. They get the immediate feedback. Look how awesome this is. Look at these giant leaps and bounds I'm making in my training. I'm so much faster this week than I was just last week. Right. But what, how does that set them up, though, for success in the long run? Well, that's that's the big issue is if you start off with such intensity and, and focus so much on the high-end speed, where do you go from there? Right. You know, if your workouts are push yourself as hard as you can for 20 seconds, take a break, and do it again on mm -hmm. a regular repeat, what's... What's the step beyond as hard as you can? Mm -hmm. Right. But it's still beneficial to throw some of those workouts in even when you are building your aerobic base, right? Very much so. That's that's where we're heading. It's a, it's big point number three. But, big point number three. I mean, they... Wait, we're not there yet. We're not quite there yet. Okay. So <laughs> in the long run, yes, you it's going to... Like up front, it's going to help you. But the problem is if you go all out from the beginning with this like very high intensity stuff your progression is going to start slowing fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to make big steps quickly, but then it's going to start plateauing. And that's assuming that it plateaus before you've managed to get sick, hurt, or burned out. Right. But it depends on what your goal is too, because we're talking about people that are trying to improve their running performance. There's a lot of people out there right now that just want to get in shape faster and they just want to have a body that they can appreciate more even though everyone's body is beautiful and strong and, you know, I think the f people have a lot of focus too much on the physical, um, the physical appearance of there their body. You Thank you. Um, but a lot of people want to just get in shape. And so they are following some of these programs, especially in hand with the lower carb diets or the keto and that kind of thing that encourage the HIIT training right out of the bat. And they, a lot of these People, if they do include any sort of running in those programs, they're all sprints. They're all like 10-second max intensity sprints. I mean, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with HIIT training. Right. Like, the, if HIIT training didn't work, then there would be no point in, in throwing it into any running program that, that either of us put together. Well, HIIT training and we, definitely We works. use it. Like, there is a benefit to it. Right. There's just, there's a matter of how much you can use it. Mm-hmm. And that's the key of trying to figure that out. Right. That's that's the challenge is making sure that you've you've got a, an even balance of different types of training. Okay. So let's talk about this middle ground point number three you're talking about. All right. And that's that's what we're driving towards. Instead of going with the classic approach of giant base or the new ground approach of get the immediate results as, as quick as possible. With the sprinting and high intensity stuff. Exactly. Kind of train all aspects simultaneously. Just change how much you focus on one versus the other throughout the course of the year. Mm -hmm. That way you, uh, you try and prevent the burnout. You try and prevent the boredom. You try and maintain this continuous progress in your, in your sort of running journey. Yeah, I think avoiding the boredom, especially for me, is key because going out on just long, slow distance runs... Every single time I go out to run would probably drive me crazy. 
Oh, there's no way that I could have turned you into a runner using nothing but the classic periodization. No, because I've tried. <laughs> I mean, I failed at that for years and years and years. Because right, for I- the first three months, just an easy run. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I tried to do, you know, back in the day. And I just thought it was so boring. And then it, once you finally made things more interesting by adding in the little speed things, then that's what actually got me hooked onto running. Right. The key is adding in little speed things and still making sure that you get your recovery. You've got to emphasize everything. It's just a matter of how much emphasis you put on anything. Right. And so this new middle ground, and this is really the way that we like to train our athletes, is focusing on everything, but changing uh, the ratios of that. So right now in the summertime, the big focus for our cross country runners come fall, you know, right now they need to be doing a lot of the longer, slower stuff to just build their aerobic base. They need to be getting the miles on their legs. They need to get their lungs used to breathing in this humid, hot air. And that is really what the main focus needs to be right now, as well as some of the strengthening exercises to help strengthen their muscles to prepare their body for the speed work in the fall. Oh, yeah. I mean, the strengthening exercises, that's a year-round thing. Strengthening and mobility and drill work that, that kind of helps out with the mobility stuff. Like the injury prevention, strength, and maintenance, that is a continuous thing. There's really never a season to not emphasize those things. Right. At, at least in, in some ratio. I mean, there's a lot of need for that because most runners don't do it because they don't like doing it. It's not the fun and sexy part of running. No, it's definitely not. There's, and, and you can't... There's nothing sexy about A-skips. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's hard to directly connect that strength training to your gains in your speed and fitness. Oh, that's true. Like, it doesn't matter how many heel and toe walks I do. I'm not going to then show up in a race and be like, oh, thank goodness I got an extra two sets of heel walks because now I can run faster. Like, it's just not. When you think about why you've gotten faster, you don't think about those, all those little things that of course have added up into putting you where you are. You think about those certain speed workouts that you were able to hit those times and you attribute it to them. Right. But the only reason you're able to hit those speed workouts is because you stayed healthy because (laughs) you You were doing the foundational work. Yeah. It's like when my patients come in in physical therapy and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling so much better. The e-stim and the massage, that's, that's it. Yes. That's, that's what made me better. I'm like, oh, you're right. It wasn't the 45 minutes of exercises that we also did for the last three weeks. Nope. It was that one little magic thing that just took a few minutes. That was the magic cure. My favorite are the people that come, that attribute all of their progress to the heat. Oh, your heating pad. You you must have special heat here. It's special heating pads. It's not not the weeks of exercise that we've been putting in. It's the magic heating pad. Right. But I mean, that's what everybody wants. Everybody because wants... that's the part that feels good. It's the part that feels good. And it's the part that, that you can point to one thing. People want to be able to point to one specific thing. Because the heating pad probably didn't have no effect. There was some effect going on there. I know, I know. I, I can see the eye roll already. But... The, <laughs> It, it was probably not completely zero. Right. Minimal. Okay. Even if most of the effect was they think that it helps them, that's, exactly. still, that's still an effect. So everything was contributing to it. You can't say that, that there was one magic cure and everybody wants the magic bullet. Right. What, what is the workout that's going to get me faster? Well... <laughs> so then how do we structure our workouts? Like what do we need to think about when we're thinking about what kind of workouts we should be doing right now? Well, you need to have short and long-term goals. 
Okay, you need to think about what is it that you want to get out of today and what do you want today to get you prepared for next week, next month, next year. Okay. Okay, so it's... It's not that you're trying to get to a certain point, and this is it, it gets a little tricky, and I still I still struggle with this myself. It's the whole running journey versus running to a specific destination. Mm-hmm. And the more you train for a race, the more you're like, well, that race is my destination. It's like, no, that race is a checkpoint along your journey. Mm-hmm. That race is is a place on your journey that you got to visit. You know, it was to visit. It was a test. It was a test that you got to see along the way and be like, Hey, I wonder where my body's at right now. But your running does not culminate with one single race. Right. Like whatever. For most people. Some people do though. You know, some people that's it. They just wanted the check mark on the bucket list. But those people probably aren't listening to this podcast. Probably They might not. be. I mean, I feel like we've got a lot of... If those people are listening to this prog- to this podcast, we need to help transition them into more lifelong runners and not just, I'm going to run this race, check it off, and never run again in my life. Right. Because running can add so much to your life, and that's really the whole mission of this podcast and of what we're doing here is trying to help people understand that running is this lifelong journey and there are so many benefits to running outside of just physically being stronger and being able to run. And if you're a runner and you've experienced this, you get it. Yeah. I mean, that, that really does sum it up very nicely. So, um, like we were saying, how do you figure out what you're going to go for a workout today? What you got to focus on what you want to get out of it and where you eventually are heading with it. You know, I had a, one of our high school runners came up to me and they said, um, isn't so-and-so going to be struggling in cross country because they focus so much on speed during the track season? Like, well, no, they got to emphasize a little bit more speed during track season, but we didn't just completely ignore distance runs. Mm -hmm. And now as we hit summer, we're going to focus a little bit more on distance runs and a little less on speed. But all year long, the longer run is useful. It helps build the aerobic base. All year long sprints are useful. They help keep the, the strengthening, the fast twitch fibers going. Like everything is always useful. It's just a matter of what it is that you want to get out of that day. Yeah. And like I said, I've kind of pulled back with my running and I'm starting to feel a little antsy, like I'm not sure what I should be doing right now. And I had a great group of girls that we, we were meeting twice a week to do speed workouts that you would set up for us. And I've kind of pulled back from that a little bit. Part of it, like I said, was because I was feeling just really extra tired and people had races and it just kind of naturally progressed out a little bit. And I, someone asked me the other day if we were going to be continuing on with the speed work. And I said, yeah, I think so. I, but I'm probably going to pull it back to maybe once a week instead of twice a week. And I, I, it's weird. Like I kind of feel right now, like I should start to build my long run back up. Like for the last month, I've really laid back. My longest run has been like six or seven miles where I was up, you know, near the 10 mile mark, 10, eight to 12 miles was my long run previously but I feel I just felt like my body needed a break and I kind of talked to you about it and kind of just did it (laughs) but now I feel like I'm at the point where okay maybe I should start to rebuild some more of my aerobic base like I gave my body a month to just recover and live and you know without any sort of crazy focus on anything and now I feel like it's time to start 
you know, building some more of that aerobic base back up. I mean, one of the huge things that I hear in saying that is also you've mentally come around to, you're ready to head back out on 10, uh, on double digit mileage. Yeah. You know, there's a mental aspect to that where it's just like, ah, trying to go for 10, I got to try and figure out how to get that time in. That's a lot of time on my feet. I've got this and this and this on the calendar. Right. And you didn't need it. There wasn't like a, a, a super important thing coming up soon right. that like race specific that, that you needed that, that kind of training for. Right. So right. you're able to pull back, you know, depending on what the race is, you're really looking for like two to three months heads up on making sure that you're training more race specific. Mm-hmm. And for, for the rest of the year, you're really just aiming for good health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just maintaining that aerobic base or even improving it. Right. Improving the aerobic base, maintaining some speed throughout, you know, when the kids were like, well, what should we be doing at speed? I'm like, um, you could do do hill sprints, you know, don't go crazy, but head to that overpass, run up it about six times and then go for, for an easy cool down. That's what I did last week. And it's a great way to just throw in a little bit of speed without being overwhelmed by it. Right. Exactly. All right, so the takeaways here are to see running as a long journey, not as a single destination, and to train intelligently so that you don't just focus on those short-term gains, that you also understand that you're building something more in the long term. And also that coaches can sometimes make their own mistakes. And get sick and be done and not running for a whole week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... I guess that's kind of what we wanted to say for today. If you guys have any questions, please shoot us an email. You can find us at Angie at RealLifeRunners.com or Kevin at RealLifeRunners.com. Give us any questions you have and we'll be happy to answer them either by email or even on the show if we think it's a topic that a lot of people can benefit from. Okay, so head on over to our website, realliferunners.com, enter your email address, and that will give you access to our private Facebook group, as well as the sort of strength and mobility exercise. It's the whole library of the exercises that you should really be doing year-round, whatever else you're emphasizing. Right, in our our private Facebook group, we are actually starting a challenge on June 1st. So this episode is published on May 31st. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, on the day that we this episode goes live, go on over and come join our, our private Facebook group so that you can jump in on our June running challenge where we are going to be awarding a free custom four-week training plan to the winner of that challenge. challenge. So you can go check it out over on Facebook in our private group, the Real Life Runners Tribe. And to gain access into that group, you just have to head over to the website, realliferunners.com, and enter in your email address to subscribe. And don't forget about the uh, the giant trip we've got next January. We're taking everybody... We're just throwing all sorts of stuff at them today. I know, it's fantastic. Well, we're taking everybody down for the Key West Half Marathon, trying to get a big group of real-life runners together. It's uh, it's a long weekend towards the end of January, January 20... 20th. 20th. The race is on the 20th. There it's you Martin go. It's Martin Luther... King weekend. Perfect. And the race is on Sunday. If uh, We get the Monday off to help make it a nice long weekend and recover afterward. So look at your calendar and come join us in Key West next January. For more information, just check out our show notes on our website and all the information that you will need will be posted there. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week and we will catch you next week.